0: Gina Della from Pella. Get up to five years no interest, five months no first payment, and 5% same-day order savings at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. 555's been extended, but only through October 31st. See PellaWI.com. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner.
1: Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you with us. Mike Spalding, before you head back to the newsroom. Okay, so your lead story, if I have this correct, i 94 Shut down for about an hour this morning, southbound lanes around Drexel. Citizen report that there were shots fired on the freeway? Yes. Road rage incident, Incident. shots fired. Someone is in custody. Okay. So we, we know the fact that it was investigated and that someone is in custody would lead us to believe that th- this did in fact happen, that there was a shots mm-hmm. fired incident as opposed to somebody might have just thought that, Oh, there's a. I heard something, and it was a car backfire. A backfire no, yeah. this was this was this was. At least since somebody's been arrested, it was somebody that was actually there was a shooting incident on the yes. road. Yep. Okay. You know what comes to mind when I hear this story? The Wild West. Well, the Wild West definitely, but. But it's the time of day. It's six in the morning. Yeah. I mean, who who starts the day that angry? I mean, I don't know about you, but first of all, I I don't think I'd ever get angry enough to like fire shots on the freeway. But but it, it's six o'clock in the morning. Who starts their day that honked off that whatever somebody does to them on the road is going to elicit a response where you pull out a gun and start shooting? I mean, if you're if you're shooting people at six in the morning on the freeway, what the heck are you doing by eleven? <laughs> Yeah, well, no, I, I'm I'm with you, and this is this is an, this is something too
2: that is been more um, uh, around, I guess you could say us oh, yeah. in, in recent years. I, I think last year there was thirty something of these incidents, and they really oh. do snarl traffic, um, Oh sure, because you know they do a full roadway closure. And the other thing with this one too is arrests are not made very often right on these so this makes me think maybe this happened in traffic you know and the person
1: who was shot i got a good look at right or the license the car. plate mm-hmm. or, or whatever but again and, and look at there's no right there's no justification for ever pulling out a gun and shooting and you're right it makes you think of the wild west but can I, I just keep coming back it's six in the morning i mean i you know it it, it I, i'm always amazed every once in a while i know you will find this hard to believe but every once in a while i i get hate mail you know you get these people who are unhappy with the program or or whatever and it always starts off with something like i I you know I never listen to your program but and then you know then they go into great detail about what's upsetting them about all the different shows they've listened to you know, I hate to listen to you every day it's it's that type of thing <laughs> but you know, that's, you know it's like I hate to li- which which is but that's fine that comes with the territory I don't care about that but a lot of times th- these are very very angry emails that you get and they're they're written it's it's like like nine o'clock in the morning nine a.m. nine thirty or whatever and I'm thinking. If you're this honked off at 9:30 where where do we go? I mean don't don't you have to build up to this and I guess the answer is no. It it might not be the show. That's making you mad. You know, <laughs> right. at that it's,
2: point, I'm with you, yeah. If I'm, just, if I'm firing off angry emails before my morning cereal. Well, <laughs>
1: that's right. It's kind of like <laughs> desperately in need of a life or something like this. Or or maybe, you know, you want to do a better job of, I, I never, I try not to listen to the show. You might want to do a better job of doing that if it's going to get you that aggravated. Just saying. Okay. I was just thinking, I mean, it's a road rage incident. It's 6 a.m. in the morning, for goodness sakes. Right, I like Mike's idea. Just, just have, have the cereal, dial it down a little bit before you do that. All right, if you are traveling this Thanksgiving, if you're planning on traveling this Thanksgiving, it could be a complete and total mess. Um, here Here is, is why, and let me kind of walk into where I'm going and then we're going to have this conversation. Uh, the estimates are, let's see, there's some surveys out, you don't know, but um, you know, last year, it was a crazy year with regard to people not going places for the holidays. Um, the estimates are, I'm looking at a poll here, 52% of Americans, one out of two, say they plan to travel over Thanksgiving, up from the normal 33%. That's according to a recent survey by Pricewaterhouse. Okay, so the idea would be you got some people that just normally travel every Thanksgiving. A lot of people, though, put that off last year, so, hey, you know, We're going to make up for it. So 52 percent, that seems a little high to me, but work with me on this. They say that 40 percent of travelers intend to fly. So more and more people are going to be taking to to the air. You know, we're going to travel longer distances. Again, that seems a little bit high to me, but let's work with those numbers. Here is the problem. In order to, and of course, air travel, to the extent that there was ever any sort of cachet from it, it it's, it's kind of down. Right now, the, the airlines are trying to come back from COVID, there's... They've cut back dramatically on the number of flights. If you've been on a flight recently, chances are the flight has been absolutely packed with people. There's fewer flights. There's fewer crews in reserve. If you get some bad weather and a delay and a plane gets delayed, you know, chances are your flight's going to get canceled and you're going to be messed up. So it, it, it's a problem to begin with. But, but this is a more fundamental problem that's out there. TSA, if you've been to an airport, you know that you, you can't get onto a plane – without going through a TSA checkpoint. Pretty much been that way for the last 20 years, since nine uh, eleven. right. The way it works is there is a mandate that all federal government workers have to be fully vaccinated by November 22nd. That is the Monday before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is Thursday. So you are looking at arguably the busiest travel day, travel weekend of the year. And it's coming up that Monday, that 22nd. That's the drop dead date for workers, for the federal government, and that includes TSA, to be fully vaccinated. Now, I said fully vaccinated. I didn't say it to have had a shot. So what this means, and let's kind of back up. If you are getting the Moderna shot and the Moderna shot – Says that you have to, you know, you have to wait four weeks between vaccinations. So if you're getting the Moderna shot, the first dose would have had to have been administered by October 11th. So that time has passed. If you're getting the Pfizer vaccine and you got to wait again three weeks, the drop dead deadline for getting the Pfizer vaccine was October 18th, which is Monday. And again, because you got to wait three weeks and you get that shot. And then that that's what you would have had to have done to be fully vaccinated, like the rules are going to require by November 22nd. If you're um, getting the Johnson & Johnson shot, well, you have a little bit more flexibility because it's only that, that one shot. Okay, so that's the background of this. Now, why are we talking about this? All right, the latest numbers, and this is as of earlier this week, the latest reported numbers from TSA is that so far about 40 percent of the workers are unvaccinated and of the frontline workers you know I'm talking about the people that are actually sitting there looking at the you know when you you give them your passport or your driver's license and they compare it the people that are actually working at the desks they think the non-vaccination rate is a lot higher than forty percent, but agency wide, uh, they've only got sixty percent of the employees who are being vaccinated. Now we're going to have an idea in the next few days because, like I say, the opportunity for being fully vaccinated, unless you're going to get the J and J shot, has passed. So you're not going to you don't have time to get the Moderna anymore. You don't have time to get the Pfizer anymore, and not be essentially told you can't come into work by November twenty second. So. Busiest travel week of the year, delays to begin with going through airports, and now you've got TSA workers who, in general, I, I mean, now I, I don't know. I assume I assume that somewhere more than forty percent of those workers are going to have of that forty percent. At least some have gotten their, their shots or will. But there's no question that there's going to be a huge number who haven't gotten their shots which is going to mean that if the federal government really does go ahead and lay off all sorts of people because they haven't gotten the shots, if you think airline delays are huge now, can you imagine what it's going to look like on the week of November 22nd? Our number, 855-616-1620, that is the ACINET Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Given what is at least a potential of a complete and total meltdown of the airline system, right? Should the federal government rethink the vaccine mandate when it comes to TSA workers? 855 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We're not talking about healthcare workers now. You know, we're not talking about people that are working in nursing homes or things like that where they might come into contact with uh, again, patients who are, are vulnerable, you know, we're talking about people, you know, in the airport. Can TSA afford to lose this chunk of their workers? And will people put up with having to stand in lines that might I don't know if the line is normally 30 minutes now it might be an hour and a half will people put up with that 8556161620 should the government rethink its vaccine mandates with regard to again the TSA workers who have incidental contact With with passengers. I mean, it's not like you're in close contact with passengers and things like that. Could you accomplish the same thing that they're trying to accomplish simply by saying you got to wear a mask? You know, because already, you know, there's the mask mandate for, you know, people in the airport. So you've got the masks that are there. Does it matter if the TSA workers are vaccinated on top of that? 855-616-1620. And how will we react if all of a sudden... You know, you lose 25, 30% of the frontline TSA workers. We discuss in a moment. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855 616 1620, which is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you're just tuning in, all right, the, the government says workers have to be vac- fully vaccinated by November 22nd. That is, by the way, the Monday before Thanksgiving. TSA as of, well, the the last numbers I have are from a couple days ago, the TSA says about 40% of its workforce is unvaccinated. And the deadline... For getting the Moderna or the Pfizer shot and being still having enough time to be fully vaccinated by November 22nd, that is passed for both those vaccines. You just don't have enough time, given the fact that it's two doses and you have to wait. So the question now becomes, you know, first of all, can you imagine what's going to happen Thanksgiving week if TSA has suddenly lost 20% or 25% or 30% or 40% of the people that are sitting there checking you through to get onto the airlines. So my question is, given that you have to wear masks at the airport, I mean, is it time to rethink the vaccine mandates for, in this case, TSA? Is... Is TSA the same as, say, like healthcare workers, or is it maybe possible to say maybe we should be more surgical and think about, like, on a, what is the particular occupation? What is the chance that the people are going to infect other people? What does the workplace look like? Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Let's start with Mike in Oconomowoc. You're on WTMJ. Hello.
3: Hi there. What do you think? No, I don't think they should. I don't think they should rethink it at all. If they haven't gotten the vaccine yet, that's too bad for them. If they lose their job, that's too bad for them. Mm -hmm. They're kind of foolish. And they have had the opportunity. We've all had the opportunity. And now to change the rules and say, well, okay, now we're well. Maybe we'll let you guys be different. No, we'll just all have to pay the price for people being ignorant of the situation and there's no excuse for anybody not having the vaccine now. It's well, out there. It's free. It's available. Do it. Okay. If so it's your uh, job uh, and you lose it, right, go get a different
1: job. Right. Well, absolutely. No, but, but see, but, Mike, that, I guess that's my point, right? You, it's your job. You lose it. Fine. You've got that rule in place, and, and that's easy to say, but then, you know, you're trying to travel through airports, and all of a sudden you find that you're waiting in lines for two hours to get through to get to your plane. Will, will the American people put up with that?
3: Well, I'd rather wait two hours than be dead.
1: Okay. Go are deadly. you overreacting? All right. Now, are you overreacting no. when you say, have you flown recently? Have you flown through, you know, have you ever, have you ever been through an airport? Yes, I have. Okay. So yes, TSA people wear a mask. You wear a mask. You are vaccinated. Your contact with the TSA agent is, is minimal. Maybe a few seconds. Are you overreacting when you say, well, I think this person's going to kill me?
3: No, I'm saying he could, hmm. could kill anybody, and if he's that selfish to not get the shot, go get a different job. I'll wait. I don't want to be around people like that. Okay. No,
1: thanks. So. Okay. No, all right. Fair I, enough. No, that's that. Okay. That, that, that's, that, that's the fundamental issue. Right. I understand the person gets fired. That. That's great. So then you have potentially these long lines and you say, that's fine. I don't mind. I'll wait, I'll wait in line for an hour and a half. Cause I don't want to have to, you know, ha- have any possibility that I might come into contact with somebody who's been non-vaccinated. Now I, I do raise this issue though. And I, I understand sometimes we get so passionate about this that our critical thinking kind of goes out the window. All right, we we don't have a vaccine requirement in place right now. It doesn't, so everybody that's going through an airport right now, okay, you're wearing your masks, the TSA people are wearing their masks. That's the way we're handling it now. Now, maybe you're vaccinated, maybe you're not. I I don't see, you know, maybe, maybe, Traveling through an airport and coming into incidental contact with a TSA agent is a cause for a super spreader event. Now, I cannot remember seeing one news story anywhere saying that that brief isolated contact that you have with the TSA person who's wearing the mask while you're wearing the mask, and they're behind the plexiglass gate... I, I haven't. I don't recall any story at all saying that anybody has ever gotten COVID from that limited sort of contact. And, and I just, and maybe, maybe it happens. But I guess the question becomes then, right? It's one thing to say, okay, we want to have the mask, the vaccine mandates, and everybody should get the vaccine mandates. And I'm vaccinated. I, I don't disagree with that. But if their practical effect is you're going to cause a whole bunch of people to quit or be fired or whatever that phrase is, and then you're going to have these long, long lines that's going to snarl commerce and air travel, do we have to ask the question about what are we really accomplishing with this? Are we really making people safe? Now, our first caller says, I don't want to die. Well, nobody wants to die, but is it a bit hysterical to say, that gee, um, I, I'm afraid now if I'm going through TSA and I have this isolated contact with somebody for just a couple seconds and they're on the other side of this plexiglass partition, and if you ever traveled, you know, you passed your passport there. You're, you're, it's not like you're going to be exchanging, you know, aerosol things with the with the TSA guys, is it? An overreaction to say, oh my God, if they don't if they don't have vax, if they're not vaccinated, we're going to die. 855-616-1620. Let's talk to Ryan in Oconomowoc. Hi, Ryan. Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, and I might, I might be misunderstanding, like, one of the premises of what you're
2: talking about here. You're talking about the incidental contact with the TSA agent. Yep. Um, are you, you're, so you're not including the ones that pat you down?
3: Well, Isn't they're that, they well, they wearing. No, well, right, agents? I mean, I
1: don't get patted down very often, but yes, I, but yes, well, they're, they're say, wearing stand masks. in line, okay, Ryan. Are you really afraid, about... Ryan? Are you afraid that people that you're going to catch COVID and die from going through an airport right now, from a TSA agent? I I have a vaccine. Yeah, so you're not concerned I, okay, about so it. So no,
2: yeah. no, but but so, but I, I'd like to go back to the premise. You're saying incidental contact. If yeah. so incidental contact includes. Hands being
1: being patted down. That's incidental contact. Yes. Yes. Oh, they're wearing masks. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. Well, what's interesting to me, Ryan? Okay, Ryan, do you know of anybody dying from catching COVID under the present system where we don't require the TSA people to be vaccinated from what I am describing as that incidental contact, the the brief pat down? Do you know? Have you heard anybody getting COVID? No. Thanks. That's all. Yeah, of course not. Of course, because of course, that's not happening. I, and look, and again, I, I'm somebody who's pro vaccine. I think people should get vaccinated. But I'm also at some point in time, don't we have to have a look at the real world here? And if you want to have the policy that says, OK, well, we want everybody to be vaccinated and we're going to fire people who aren't OK, that, that that's fine. That's the policy. I, I get it. But is it even fair to examine whether the policy makes any sense? And for people who are saying, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die if I have this incidental. Yes, it's an incidental contact. They're going to kill me. Well, all right. Nobody, at least as far as I know, I haven't seen any reports of anybody who's gotten it so far. Why do we think that that's going to happen after November 22nd? But again, I understand that when it comes to COVID, when it comes to critical thinking with this, sometimes we just kind of put that critical thinking aside.
0: Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
1: One of our texters has a great sense of irony. He said, OK, Jeff, I, I would argue that somebody is much more likely to get COVID in the airport from standing in a two hour TSA line in close proximity to the person in front of you or behind you, who even while wearing masks it, it, has COVID, then they are from an isolated, brief, momentary contact with a TSA agent, and, and I'd say, yeah, that's that's probably true as well. But again, that's that's the sort of critical thinking that we don't do in, anymore with COVID, and we just say, okay, and, and this we, we saw this back in from Tony Evers in Wisconsin back in 2020, where we just we're we're shutting we're going to shut down everything. And we're going to pretend that the problems in the city of Milwaukee are the same as the problems in Minocqua. And we're not going to try to figure out, okay, what where exactly is COVID spreading? Let's concentrate on doing that. And again, if TSA wants to have a rule that says the TSA employees have to be vaccinated, they have a right to do it. And and yes, if TSA employees decide not to do it. They're going to lose their jobs and then they have to deal with that. That's all well and good but but if that means that you've got 30 percent fewer at these airports on thanksgiving so these lines are now going to be an hour hour and a half long to get through it on one of the busiest travel weeks and you're going to be standing in line presumably maybe maybe in front of or behind somebody who's got covid isn't that a greater risk and does the rule make sense but i get it We, we we don't Ask any more whether stuff makes sense, we just say, Well, everybody should be vaccinated and by the way, I think everybody should be vaccinated, but there are real world consequences for the people who've decided that they're not going to get vaccinated to saying, okay, you know, we you're going to be out of a job. And, and yes, the real world consequence for the employee is that they're out of the job. The real world consequence for, in this case, the government business, the TSA is who's going to do that job. And, and how are the general as the general public going to react when they're now in those two hour lines, just asking. All right. Is it too soon? Know who Morgan Wallen is? We've talked about him before. Morgan Wallen is one of the rising stars in country music. He also got himself canceled by the cancel culture last February. You you will, may remember um, he was. This was out. I think it was in Nashville, which is where I think he lives. He was he was out with a bunch of his buddies. Um, I think alcohol was involved. They come back to his place. A couple people drop him off. He's saying goodbye to members of his, his group. And in referring to one of the members of the group, he, he uses a racial slur. Uh, and, and it's not like it's, it's I don't know it's fair to say affection I, mean, I don't think the word should ever be used but he's not like you're you know he's not like screaming it in a nasty fashion he's just referring to this person in that that way he shouldn't have done it no question completely inappropriate the reason we know about this isn't that the person he referred to that way you know was offended by this and complained it's because the neighbors had like a garage camera that was up and it was capturing the video of this and so it was captured in the video and then they went public with this and immediately morgan wall and gets canceled so right after the video circulates he apologized he said look i'm sorry i I did this i i didn't mean anything by it that's no justification but you know that he apologized he went on good morning america in july you know apologized for this again And, and he's he's been the subject i mean he's effectively been canceled um his his management agency's record company dropped him he lost all these bookings he's not permitted to attend the uh, country music awards on november 10th he's deemed ineligible for the artist only entertainer and vocalist categories um however he nevertheless his albums are selling at least recently they were selling at like record levels so the fans haven't abandoned him even though you know, a, a lot of the businesses have. I bring this up because, um, he's, he's getting ready to make a comeback. The story is that Country Thunder, which puts on large music festivals all across the country, um, one in Arizona in April, one in Florida next October, and of course, the big music event in July in Twin Lakes, the Country Thunder, Wisconsin. Um, they've just announced that Morgan Wallen is going to be the headliner, or at least one of the headliners. As a matter of fact, he's the first headliner that's been announced for these various performances. So he's coming back. He's going to be headlining shows at Country Thunder. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, here's my question. Is this too soon? Morgan Wallen was canceled for saying something that he shouldn't have said um, last February. He certainly suffered consequences for that. He has apologized for it. It it cost him bookings. I don't think it's necessarily hurt his record sales. Arguably, you could argue that it's perhaps helped his record sales. But now he's going to be back touring, and he's been booked as a headliner at some of the biggest country music festivals in the country. Is it too soon to bring Morgan Wallen back. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text line. We discuss.
4: Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
1: 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text line. A.Y. and Fond du Lac. What do we do with Morgan Wallen?
4: Yeah, hi, Jeff. Hi. Um, yeah, uh, I mean, I do think that it seems a little um too soon for him to come back although i do believe that uh that he definitely should um no they definitely deserve a second chance i think from my experience of being jewish and hearing you know certain celebrities Mm -hmm. or yeah um say say something anti-semitic that that seems like they really didn't mean as a derogatory term um if if they when they sit down with someone Jewish and and have a public conversation um, then and and they and they really do seem like they regret it I'd say you know you've got to give people a second chance so I think if he sat down Morgan sat down with someone from from that ethnicity or race and just had a public conversation and showed that he you know, really didn't mean anything
1: and, and you regret it. well i mean well so to give you an idea i mean last uh, last july he went on good morning america with michael strahan who is of course black and and had the, that conversation right. where he again apologized for that so i mean i i, I guess like my, my question is what oh he had yeah well he went on good morning america with michael strahan last july yeah so right and it, oh, okay. okay
4: so then oh i didn't No,
1: good enough i, I appreciate I that, that. Yeah. Okay. No. Thanks yeah. for calling. Well, I, 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 I here's my answer to this question. A number of you are texting in with this. My answer to the question is, you know, when, when is too soon, and that is the the public decides. Now, it's interesting to me when it comes to Morgan Wallen, and, and look, the, the, the guys, the guys. Boorish. I mean, I think that, that that's it. He, he's had various run-ins and stuff, and I think he he's extremely immature. I, you know, I think first of all, you, you look at what the circumstances are, and he was referring to a friend of his, and I'm not condoning it. I don't think people should. I don't think anybody should use that word. So I mean, he, he's he's wrong, but it's not like j- he was referring to a friend of his who did not take offense at that. There were other people who heard it who 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 did. But I mean, I think in many respects, the public has responded. You know, his his double album. It's called Dangerous. It spent after this whole thing broke. It spent six consecutive uh, weeks at number one on the Billboard 200. That's the most for any country artist since uh, Garth Brooks in 1992. It spent nine consecutive weeks um, on nine non-consecutive weeks. Racked up more than 2.5 million album equivalent sales. So I mean, he. I think in many respects, the the public has in fact spoken that they have. I don't know if you want to say forgiven him or or whatever, but the public has spoken. And I guess the the question to me is when when you have instances like this and the cancel culture tries to say, "Okay, we're we're going to we're going to boot you off country music radio, okay, because this is this is what your penalty is going to be. Well, now he's back on country music uh, radio. It's the fans. It is the general public that decides, you know, what is appropriate and and what the appropriate penalties are. So in this particular case, by any objective standard, it seems to me that the general public has decided that it's time for Morgan Wallen to come back. Now, if I'm wrong, well, nobody's going to buy tickets to see the show. But I, I don't get the sense that that's going to be the case. My guess is his, his shows, and I, guess I understand Country Thunder is a little bit different how you sell tickets, but my guess is there's not going to be huge boycotts of Country Thunder because he's the headliner. My guess is that he's going to be um, received warmly when he goes out on tour. That's just my sense because I think people are – willing to look at the circumstances and decide he no longer needs to be um, no longer no, 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 no needs to be canceled. Now, a number of you are texting in and making the correct point that there, there's double standards here because you have, you know, rap artists who go out and as part of the lyrics of their songs, they're misogynistic, they're racist, um, all, all those things, and yes, you don't get this, this huge push to cancel them, right? I appreciate that there's always going to be double standards when it comes to the way the cancel culture operates, but as to the question of when is too soon to bring somebody back I think the answer is clear you decide I decide and we decide with our pocketbooks we decide when we make the decision about what music we're going to stream or are we going to you know download the album or are we going to buy the CD or are we going to buy the the tickets and to me that's the defining sort of thing my guess is the vast majority of country music fans who would be inclined to go see the show, they've already decided that time's up and and they're ready to embrace, accept, be entertained by Morgan Wallen again, even, even if they might have been offended by what he said in the first place. Back with lots more in just a couple of minutes. Please don't go anywhere. Live from the Annex
0: Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner.
1: Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. All right. Stirred people up in that first hour. Let's keep it going. Mike Spaulding, have you ever been to an In-N-Out Burger? You ever heard of In-N-Out Burger? I have heard and have been. Okay, And do you remember where you were when you went to the In-N-Out Burger? Because most of them are in the West Coast. Yeah, no,
2: I was uh, visiting a friend in in L.A. L.A., L.A., right. Um,
1: Do you know the history of In-N-Out Burger? No. Okay, well, it's it's sort of interesting. For, in and out burger, now McDonald's, the first McDonald's restaurant was in California, was in 1940. It was like the, like a walk-up hamburger Mm -hmm. stand. And for anybody who's like watched the, you know, what, watched the move, the Michael Keaton movie and stuff called The Founder about Ray Kroc and all that and, and and how McDonald's got taken public and, and things like that. And, and interestingly, McDonald's really had this exponential growth because you know, the standardized stuff, but also they would do franchises. The you know the McDonald's company would sell franchises to people. Well, In and Out is a little bit different. In and Out, California, it was originally um, it was originally started in Baldwin Park, California, which is a suburb. It's in Los Angeles County. It's about twenty miles northeast of of L.A. proper. Mm-hmm. So that was California. Started in nineteen forty eight by a guy named Harry Snyder. And the thing that distinguished In and Out Burger is it was the first drive-in restaurant. By you know the the, the drive-ins where you had the, the car hops. They invented those two-way speakers that you see. Like if you ever like watch the movie American Graffiti mm-hmm. and stuff, you know the old style where you would pull up, you would pull into the thing, and then you'd order. You know I want the I want the burger, whatever. And then they'd come out and they would deliver the stuff for you. So that they were the ones that, that, that again came up with that idea. The interesting thing about In-N-Out Burgers now is that they're not franchised, they're owned by the company. They they took the position that if we would franchise it, sell it to other people and have them run it, we don't think we could maintain the quality. So to this day, if you see an In-N-Out Burger, it's a corporate In-N-Out Burger. They're, they're all owned, which is a little bit different. So that's why everything is the same. Everything yeah. is exact. Now, McDonald's strives for that because McDonald's has mm-hmm. rules on the different franchisees and stuff, but at In and Out Burger. The, they're all corporate-owned. Some McDonald's are owned, but just a, really a small percentage of McDonald's are owned by the McDonald's company. Most are owned by, uh, again, franchisees. It's like a Chipotle. Chipotle is a corporately-owned. Right. That's, that's
2: why everything is the same always.
1: Right. I, but, I mean, it, and again, McDonald's has quality standards, and there's really, if you're an operator, there's very little leeway as to what you can do. But at in an out it's all the same. Did I tell you, I have, a, I have a very good friend of mine who owns a bunch of McDonald's. He, he's, he, um, he owns 49 McDonald's. Here in Wisconsin? Yeah. And I always, I always tell him, I said, oh, once you own 50, you'll be a big deal. <laughs> you <know? laughs> once, once you own 50, you'll be a big deal. But no, I actually, my buddy is one of these go-to guys who, you know, really, you know, when, when we talk about issues like minimum wage or you know, like employment and stuff, you know, it's it's sort of interesting to hear the, the problems that are out there. But yeah, a friend of mine owns forty nine McDonald's. Uh, but in any event, so that's the background of In and Out Burger. Was that interesting?
2: It is. I'm a I love history and I like stuff like that. Yeah. So um no, right, absolutely right,
1: right there. But again, their claim to and, and to this day. Um, the reason in and out burgers they there's about three hundred and thirty of them around the country um, I go to the one in Las Vegas when I'm in Las Vegas all, all the time but but they're again predominantly west of the Mississippi mm-hmm. not not exclusively but predominantly west of the Mississippi but they I mean it, it's like the, it's like the old style burger joints I mean they, they still use real ice cream you know none of the powdered stuff and all and if if you're a fan of that type of, quote-unquote, fast food, in and out Burger is, is some, some place that you'd like to try. It's worth the hype. Yeah. You it, know, like when people are like, oh, you got to go, you got to go. When
2: I went, I had very high expectations, I think, right. just because of what people told me. But it lived up to it.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Right. You know, a place that's, okay. <laughs> See, now, you're going to get me in trouble. See, you're going to get me in you're, you're, you're Down you're just, the burger be, trail now. <laughs> well, well, right, down the burger trail. But it, it's funny. You know, a place that I don't understand the hype, Sonic. I don't get Sonic. You've been to Sonic? They have a couple here. I have, and I'm I'm with you there as well. Not oh, my favorite place. Okay. Well, I mean, it's it's not necessarily bad, but I mean, they do all this advertising and stuff, and I mean, it's just to me, it's it's only it, it's kind of. OK, you know, it's but just OK. But In-N-Out Burger, if you get a chance to go to In-N-Out Burger, I, OK, I endorse it. All right. <laughs> that's the background. All right. But I, I wanted you to understand the background at, when, before we talk about this, this sort of next story, because In-N-Out Burger, it, it is it's a national business. All right. So here is the deal. There's an In-N-Out Burger in San Francisco that was recently forced to close by San Francisco authorities. Now you might say, "Jeff, were they forced to close because they got a bad health department inspection?" No. Were they forced to close because I don't know they they ran afoul of some, you know, political group or something like that? No, not really. Here's the story. All right, in San Francisco, they apparently have a local rule, local health rule that says You are not allowed to go into a restaurant to eat inside. You cannot be in a rest, you cannot be in a restaurant unless you have a vaccination card. You have to present your vaccination card in order to be able to go into the restaurant. I don't even know if they also allow you to say that you've been tested within like 48 hours or 72 hours. I'm not even sure if there's an exception. But the bottom line is before you can go into like an In-N-Out Burger or any other restaurant, you have to prove that you have, in fact, been vaccinated. All right. So In-N-Out Burger says, look, here's the deal we're we're not going to enforce that we don't think that it's our job to have the government tell us um that we have to discriminate against certain customers who choose to patronize our business. The statement is we think this is governmental overreach, it's intrusive, it's improper, and we think it's it's offensive. We don't want to be the one put in the position of telling our customers who can come in and who cannot come into the store. So predictably, you know, what happens is somebody in San Francisco uh, calls the health department to complain that, hey, I, I went into the In and Out burger and they didn't look at my vaccine card. And the health department, you know, goes out and they say, you know, all right, are, are you enforcing this? And they say, no, we, we just don't, we don't believe that you have the authority to do that. And we, if you want to come here and, and you want to, I don't know, punish people for going into the restaurants. If you want to enforce it, if you want to be the vaccination code police, feel free to do it. But we as a private business, you know, we, we don't think that it should be our job to essentially ask everybody that's going to come into our restaurant to provide a v- proof that they have in fact been been vaccinated and if if you want to if you want to do that if you want to figure out a way to enforce it that's fine but we're we're not going to ask everybody that comes up to buy a hamburger in our building whether or not they're going to be vaccinated so as a response to that the health department says okay unless you know we are convinced that you will check everybody's vaccination documentation we are going to shut you down and so as a result this 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 in and out burger is now closed for indoor dining. I think the, the drive thru is still open because they're not going into the building. All right, I'm curious as to how do you react to this. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. That is the ACUNET Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Do you believe it is a government overreach for the government to say to a private business, it's your responsibility to check to determine whether or not people have, in fact, been vaccinated who want to come into your business. And if you don't do this, you're not going to be allowed to operate. 855-616-1620, that is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is this, in fact, a government overreach? And again, it has nothing to do, at least this issue, with whether or not people should be vaccinated or not. The question is, should private businesses be put, should the burden be on private businesses to determine whether or not a patron has, in fact, been vaccinated. This is not like Summerfest. See, Summerfest implemented this rule voluntarily. Remember, Summerfest said, in order to come onto the Summerfest grounds, you have gotta show proof of vaccination, or you have to you know, show that you've you had a negative test within the last 72 hours. That was not required by the government. That was required by Summerfest. And Summerfest, for example, explained that that's, you know, the deal they had with performers. So there's no question that an individual business I, I can, can certainly do that. That's like, you know, no f- shoes, no shirt, no service. This is different, though. This is the government saying, in and out, Burger, you're the ones that are, re- this is the requirement that we're going to put on, and you're responsible for enforcing it. Government overreach or not, 855-616-1620, we discuss. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. This week's sponsor for the Jeff Wagner Home Improvement Showcase presented by Great Midwest Bank is Kohler Services. Give them a call at 262-357-3300 or visit KohlerServicesWI.com to see all they have to offer from inspiration to installation. Reimagine your bathing experience and contact Kohler Services today for a free consultation. Okay, 855 616 which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text line. All right, In-N-Out Burger, very, very popular burger chain, predominantly west of the Mississippi. They've run afoul of the vaccination police in San Francisco. The rule in San Francisco, it's not a law, but it's the health department rule saying you cannot go inside a restaurant, can't go inside a building, unless you have proof that you have been vaccinated. In-N-Out says, look, you know, we're 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 not going to do that. We're not the vaccination card police. We don't believe it is appropriate to discriminate against our customers by, you know, asking them one way or the other. So the result of that is San Francisco has shut down the indoor dining. Is this government overreach? Eight five five six one six one six twenty. one six1620 Interesting um, texts here. Um Jeff. I think the restaurant is right. They're having a hard enough time getting people to work the counter and make food. If the government wants that rule, they should provide security at the door, not the restaurant hiring extra people. Is the government not going to subsidize that? Um, Jeff, no shirt, no shoes, no service is a health department regulation. Restaurants are required to make customers comply for everybody's health. Now, the other argument would be, hey, for taverns, you're not allowed to serve people who are underage. And so taverns choose to check IDs. Isn't that the same thing? Well, well, no, it's, it's, it is and it isn't. I mean, it's slightly different. Restaurant, the, the law says you have to be 21 years old to drink. Right. And a bar can get in trouble if they're serving somebody who is under 21. So as a way of determining whether you're 21 or not, what they do is they end up carding you. But that's something that the 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 bar ends up doing. The government doesn't say, I don't believe that you have to card everybody. The government just simply says, hey, if you serve somebody who's underage, you're going to have these consequences. It, it's This is a little bit different than that. 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet mortgage talk and text line. Jeff, I think it's crazy, but if they pass this requirement, it seems akin to, akin to an establishment checking IDs to determine if people are legally allowed to purchase firearms. Arms, alcohol, or tobacco. Well, there's to buy a firearm from a licensed firearm dealer. You know, you have to. There's all sorts of requirements that say you have to prove identity. But as long as you're able to prove identity, that's different than saying you're the one that you have to prove that you have in fact been vaccinated. Let's start with Don on the West Side. Hi, Don. Hi. What do you think? Uh,
5: I don't think it's an overreach. Uh, if we don't get enough people vaccinated. This pandemic is going to drag on and on and on. And the only way to do it is to get vaccinated. And I don't think that I should be at risk uh, if I'm in a restaurant for someone who's not vaccinated and I'm sure is not going to bother to wear a mask. Why should I have to take a risk on possibly getting a breakthrough from them just because they don't want to get vaccinated, but they still think they should be able to do anything they want? And virtually, if someone gets infected, so what?
1: Do you think that requiring people to be to show a vaccination card to, like, go into an In-N-Out burger is going to motivate people who otherwise wouldn't get vaccinated to get vaccinated?
5: I don't know if it will or not, but at least it's, it's a start. And maybe it'll get someone incentive to say, well, I can't go here, I can't go there, just because I, I'm stubborn and I don't want to get the vac- vaccination. And I'll bet you any money that those same people aren't going
1: to wear a mask when does it end i mean you you know w- at what point in time d- does this end we're we're never going to have i mean i i, I we're never going to have a hundred percent vaccinations I, at least i don't no, think of so course not. right so no, of course at, not. at what point in time does this go away is this the new normal that forever, moving forward you're going to have to show proof of a COVID vaccination
5: i i think there's going to be to the point in time where the numbers drastically drop. I mean, even in Wisconsin, we're still getting 2,000 cases a day. Now, I'm not saying that if we got more vaccinations, that'll, that'll go down, and it probably will. Plus, we got the same thing with the mask. People won't wear the mask, So it's, it's like a two-fold thing. I'm not going to get vaccinated, and I don't have to wear a mask because I'm an American.
1: Well, it's not just in America. I mean, most communities in Wisconsin don't require you to wear a mask anymore. Is there masks anymore? There, there are, Dane County has a mask rule. Racine the City no, has a mask rule. Oh, but most don't.
5: I understand. But it's a double it's a double whammy. I'm not going to get vaccinated. I'm not going to wear a mask either.
1: Yeah, got it. Okay. So at
5: least if people get vaccinated, at least there's a chance that maybe they won't pass on to someone else. It's not a 100% guarantee. Of course not. You just saw uh, Colin Powell. Got it. But okay. he had other... Right. Uh,
1: yeah, he had, he had cancer. He was eighty-four percent. years old. Yeah, no, thanks. I mean, that I, mean, I, I asked this question because the the truth is, COVID. I mean, the reality is, COVID is always going to be with us. That if if anybody thinks it's going to be eradicated, that's just not going to happen. So the question becomes: at at what point in time do we again resume some sense of normalcy? And I I don't know that I what that standard is. Um, I think In and Out Burger had I understand their position here. That does California have the right to say this is a condition you have to do this in order to stay open yeah i I think they have the right to do it and in and out burger then has the right to say fine we're going to close our our dining area because we don't think we're going to want to discriminate uh, against our our various diners the way this all solves it then is, is ultimately if a number of people if enough people object to this Well, what what they do is they, you know, you recall the California officials that put this into place. Now, is something like that going to go on in San Francisco? Probably not, which means In-N-Out Burger has to either live with this or they have to decide, okay, maybe we're going to close our In-N-Out Burger in San Francisco and we'll find some other community to open up a restaurant that maybe isn't going to be putting on as many of these different requirements and requiring us to be the vaccination police. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. One of our texters. Jeff, I'm listening to you in Scottsdale, Arizona. I know where I'm going for lunch today. I'm heading in an out Burger. Mike Spalding. we were talking about In-N-Out Burger, and we were talking about Sonic, which I don't mean, I know I'm sure there's people that love Sonic. I just, I've never gotten that. One of our texters. All right, these are kind of fighting words, you know. He he says, he says, or she says, uh, that there's another fast food restaurant that they don't get, and that's White Castle. You ever been to White Castle? Oh,
2: I have. Uh, It was like our, it was like my dad and my brother. We would get it when my mom would be like out of town or whatever it is. That was like our our treats. Yeah, Uh, I have not had it in a long time, and I'm sure it's not as great as I remember. But the memories that I have.
1: I are great i, I like yeah I, I like white castle for for i mean for for what it is i mean it, it's not fine dining or anything but you got those little tiny burgers yep. that you can eat like two dozen oh, of and yes. stuff no i i actually i wish there was a white castle closer because i if my, i know my wife isn't listening today because she's doing something now so don't tell her <laughs> but if, if there was a white castle around I, you get a bag of those things and stuff no and you know wash it down with a diet coke absolutely it was something about how like the pickle was as big as the burger was absolutely. that I really right. i liked. It, like it, it is what it is, but no, I'm I'm a White Castle guy. Well, I'll tell you, Jeff, you can drive down to Kenosha. There's a White Castle in Kenosha. I, I know. There's one there. I, matter of fact, I have I have been past that on a couple occasions and stopped and gotten a bag full of burgers. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a White Castle guy, but our our texture was not. But what can you say? To each their own. That's the beauty of, like, fast food. All not right. a
2: lot of standards there at the White Castle, I'll say. <laughs>
4: this is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
1: This is Jeff Wagner. So very glad to have you with us. Uh, I, I've said this before. There are, there are shoppers and there are buyers in the world. I, I There are people who enjoy going around and you know walking down aisles and competitively pricing things and touching and feeling stuff and making those decisions, and I, I respect those people. I'm just not one of them. I, I'm, I'm a buyer. I'm one of the people that... If I'm going to go to a store, it is generally with a particular purpose. All right, got to go in there. Need a pair of socks, and I will go in. I'll look at the socks. I'll buy the socks, and then I, I will leave. Uh, it's just it's it's just not the way I operate. So that's why I have been. I say this all the time in affairs of the heart. I have have outkicked my coverage twice when it comes to women. My my late wife and my current wife Fran. Um, both both Sue and Fran they they like to shop, and, and so. It was fun, and, and actually, they even like to shop for me. Fran prefers shop. Believe it or not, she likes buying clothes for me more than she likes buying clothes for herself. She she likes to shop for me, and th- that's great. So she'll, you know, because I think she realizes that she leaves me to my own devices. For example, when it comes to clothes, it will probably be a disaster. So you know, she's definitely like upgraded the wardrobe and things like that, and I appreciate it. In addition, she she's the one that that goes to the store all the time. And, you know, and she buys the food and stuff like that, which I, I very much appreciate because I, I, I don't like, could I do it? Could I walk up and down the aisle of a grocery store for 30 minutes and buy stuff and then go to another grocery store because they have a better selection of whatever? Yeah, I, I could do it. Have I done it? Yes. Is it something that gives me pleasure? No. Um, so when I go into a grocery store, it's normally, okay, with the idea of, hey, we, we need a case of Diet Coke or whatever, and I go buy the Diet Coke and then I, I head out. So I am not the best indicator of how much stuff costs, because I, I'm not the guy that, that goes in on a daily basis and looks at, at the increase in what price cost, prices cost. I bring this up, though, because I have been hearing from a number of friends and acquaintances that there's really sticker shock going on now with um, sticker shock going on now with the prices uh, of, of items. Um, I w- it was at, dinner, at a dinner party the other night, and somebody was saying that they went into a grocery store to buy peanut butter and they were just stunned at, at how expensive peanut butter was. And it, it's because there's a shortage of peanut butter. There was, you know, whether it's COVID or the supply shortage or whatever, but that then started this conversation about everybody talking about how prices were, were just going up and up and up and of course if you're following the, the stories you you know that these price increases are most likely as we especially as we get closer to christmas are going to be followed with supply shortages as demand goes up people buy stuff we're having trouble getting the containers unloaded off the cargo ships in los angeles we got nobody Well, we have some people, but there's not enough people to drive the trucks to deliver the stuff. I mean, there's this whole operation out there called, you know, Empty Shelves Joe, which, you know, blames Joe Biden for it. And that's it's not all Biden's fault. But I would argue that some of his policies have not helped this. But in any event, the the big thing is you're starting to see prices go up and up and up. Now, last week, uh, the Social Security Administration announced that they were going to, if you're on Social Security, you're going to be getting like a 5.2 or 5.4% boost. And everybody was applauding that. That's great. We're going to be getting more money. That That's super. But what people don't understand is the reason that people, for example, on Social Security are getting that 5.4% or 5.2% boost, whatever it is, it's because Social Security is tied to the cost of living. And if you're getting a 5.2% boost, that means it's because they're – Their indicators are the cost of living is going up 5.2%, a huge, huge inflationary spiral. And when it comes to other things, for example, that seniors in particular need, cost of prescription drugs and stuff like that, the increase is way over 5.2%. Our number is 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I want to use this segment of the show kind of as a, as an electronic town hall. Have you noticed price increases and how is that impacting you? Now, the one thing that, that we all see is, of course, gasoline prices and gasoline prices are up dramatically over the course of the the last year i mean gas i think you know where i buy gas it's like 309 now and some places i was driving past it's like 319 or 329 you know gas is up dramatically over the course of the last year and there's reasons for that but as far as regular prices are you starting to notice significant price increases and is it starting to affect some buying decisions 8556161620 we discuss you're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm trying to get us ahead of the curve on what I think is the huge undercovered story of the last part of 2021 and probably going forward uh, a good part of 2022 and that is the return of of inflation that is prices going up we have for the longest time been in a situation where uh you know in, inflation was pretty much under control you you did not have massive price increases now you're you're starting to see it and there, there's a lot of things going on we were talking yesterday about how you've got a couple um you've got John Deere plants across the country not all but many and you've got like Kellogg cereal plants that workers are on strike now you know they they want more they said hey we've given back stuff over the years now you know we we want more and they undoubtedly they will get it but that increases prices you pay the workers more that means John Deere charges more that means Kellogg's charges more costs end up going up and you're you're starting to see that and I think it's starting to hit home and I think there's going to really be sticker shock moving forward 855616 one six twenty. Let's start with Tony in Milwaukee. Hi, Tony.
3: Hi, Jeff. Well, I got gas today, and I saw that it went over three bucks. But my um, big one is I'm retired now, and I do a lot of shopping. Okay. In the grocery store, bacon. Oscar Mayer bacon is eight ninety nine for one of them little packs. So to counter that I went to Aldi's and got one for four bucks. So I right. well, you know i got. I'll, I'll
1: I'll bring that price down, Jeff. <laughs> there you go. You're thank you you're competitively <laughs> shop. Thanks. It's funny you mentioned that because I have a text. Jeff, thing that comes to mind really hit me was bacon. It was three ninety nine a pound. Now it's seven ninety nine. All other pork products, uh ribs, loins, etc., are up, but they're not up as much. Yeah, if you talk to a, a lot of restaurants, what you're starting to see when you go into the restaurants, when steak that would be on the menu, you're you're starting to see price increases or what you'll see is that it'll say it's market prices because there's, there's a huge cost that's going on. Jeff, I'm like you. I'm a buyer. I don't particularly like shopping, especially when it comes to groceries. The one thing I always look for in the store are eight packs of Gatorade. I used to be able to find them for five bucks, but over the duration of the pandemic, I now find them costing around... A dollar higher that's assuming the store has them most of the time I get to the stores the stores are as you just des- the shelves are as you described empty and notice the cost of bread peanut butter and dairy rising dramatically each month the um, one, one of the people I was talking to at this dinner party on Sunday night I was at the peanut butter was their example and I, I, I just don't have a frame of reference because I just I haven't purchased peanut butter in a while and, and peanut butter is one of my go to's. I, I love peanut butter, but that's what they were saying. They said that, you know, a, a jar of peanut butter that used to be four ninety nine or whatever, you know, now they go in and they find it and it's eight ninety nine or nine ninety nine. Jeff, I paid five twenty five for four honey crisp apples. Wow, that seems extremely um extremely pricing, but stuff is going up. Jeff, natural gas, heat, meat, paper products, produce have all increased. I tend to adjust by looking more closely at sales and flyers for stores and also special deals at gas stations like signing up for the awards program. Yeah, if you're... um. If you heat your home with natural gas, as I think probably the majority of us do, they're, they're already predicting that the ga- natural gas prices are going to be through the roof this year and just expect to, um, pay more. You know, no question about it. Cause it's, um, th- these prices are going up. Jeff just went, uh, gas just went up to $3.36 up north. Store prices are up to, propane is going to be going dramatic, up dramatically this winter as well. Jeff, I work in retail. I see prices rising on almost a daily basis. I think the bigger shortage today in America is the shortage of common sense. Well, I mean, some of that is we're our own worst enemy. There's no question about it. You, we have, this fear that there's going to be shortages. So we artificially create demand. Oh my God, you know, I'm I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to buy toilet paper. So if I see toilet paper on the shelves, I'm going to buy two years supply worth of toilet paper. And therefore you create this, this artificial demand where the stores are empty and then that freaks people out. And then it, it just keeps going and going and going and prices end up going up. This this is the big deal, though, and I'm just telling you ahead of time. This is the story to pay attention to because inflation is back. Now, interest rates are still moderately, modestly low. I, I just I remember when we bought our purchased our first house in 1988. I mean, I think. I think fixed-rate mortgages were in the neighborhood of 10%. It just, you know, it, it, putting it out of the reach of, of most people. And I think, you know, we ended up going with an adjustable-rate mortgage. It was a lot less, and it, it but it, it, five years was the time frame, and you had to refinance in five years, and thankfully interest rates went down, and we were able to do something in an affordable fashion. But there's no question that for, I think, a lot of people, over the course of the last, you know, several years, um, inflation has been under control that that's not the case anymore and it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out politically because inflation is is extremely regressive by that i mean it has a disproportionate impact on poor people so Okay, What explain how that works, Jeff. Well, all right. Um, if you have somebody who is relatively affluent or has a degree of discretionary income and you go in the store to buy that 64-ounce that jar of peanut butter, all right, that the fact that the price has gone from 5 to 11 bucks or whatever the numbers might be, you don't like it, but if you want the peanut butter, it's okay, I'm going to go ahead and buy the peanut butter. On the other hand, And, and yes, you don't like paying that extra five bucks, but it's not going to be something that says, okay, well, you know, we're, I'm going to have to sell the house over this. On the other hand, if you are of more modest means, um, living on a tight budget or whatever, and you have that cost of the peanut butter that goes up three or four dollars for the jar of it, it. It really does have a disproportionate impact because then you say, okay, do I buy the peanut butter or then uh, pay the increased cost? And does that mean I skip doing something else? Gas prices are the same way. It's it's very very regressive. People who tend to be more affluent, do you like paying three dollars and thirty cents a gallon for gas? No, but you you, you do it. On the other hand, if you have somebody that's really struggling to make ends meet and you see gas prices have gone from 230 to 330 and you know you, you need to drive your car and you're saying, okay, well that's, if I fill up once a week, that's an extra 10 bucks or 11 bucks out of my pocket every week. Those are the tough decisions. That's what we say when, when we talk about regressive stuff. And and it's going to be a political issue for 2020, too. There's just no question about it. But just as a heads up, if you're noticing that prices are going up and things are becoming more expensive, well, you're, It's not. it's not just you. It is impacting everybody. And I think it's most likely to get worse before it gets better, especially given the major supply chain problems that we're looking at increased demand for different things coming out of the pandemic cost of wages going up the fact that employers are having to pay people more to get to work to work and like i say it, it might be great hey i went from 13 dollars an hour to 15 dollars an hour isn't that great well yeah it, it's great for you but at the same time realize that if prices are going up proportionately you're not really ahead a lot of great stuff coming up in the two o'clock hour please do not go anywhere
0: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner.
1: So, Melissa, I have a story for you, and my question at the end is going to be, have you ever had something similar to this happen to you or been involved in? Okay. So, last evening... We went to. I told you this before. Um, the afternoon, uh, the afternoon news started. We had um, one of Fran's granddaughters was was in this this concert. It was actually quite nice. It was at Pewaukee High School, so we we went out to to see the concert and. and um, uh, she's in uh, they, it was various choirs that they had like their varsity choir and their mixed choir and all these things and it was it, it was a very nice performance so all right so we go out to pewaukee high school we we get there and the, the concert's supposed to start at seven o'clock and so we're we're walking in it's like six forty or so and there, there's all the parents and grandparents and stuff and everybody's like walking through the doors and stuff well my lovely wife she has this sort of tendency to kind of like wander off she'll just like just oh, kind no. of like like sort of walk ahead <laughs> yes. you know and mm-hmm. it, it's 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 been... I know how that works. It is, right. She's kind I of do. like wandering off and stuff, and, and sometimes it's kind of a problem because, you know, you're in these crowds, and <laughs> she's smaller than me, and so she can navigate through crowds quicker than I can, because I'm a little bit bulkier and stuff, and so it, this will be, when we've been on a couple of our, the listener trips in Europe and stuff, we're in these towns, and I'm, we're like together. Next thing I know, she's like three-quarters of a block ahead in this big crowd, I'm thinking, okay, this... Or uh, you're
0: like weird friend Well, guys. that's exactly right,
1: because she's kind of, and, it, and it, it's part of her charm and things like that. So, Last night, we're we're coming in. And there's all sorts of people coming in. The concert starts at seven, so people are are all arriving at the same time. Uh, because I am I am many things, good and bad, but I try to be a gentleman. So as, as you're coming in, there. There, there's like the, the doors. I'm holding the door for people, you know, and there's always people that are coming in, and it's one of those deals where you hold the door open, then you get kind of trapped holding the right. door for, you
0: know, it, <laughs> but it, it, well, it's all that it. happens to everybody. Right. So, yes.
1: okay, so I'm, I'm holding the door, mm-hmm. and my, my lovely and charming wife, I, I don't know that she perceives that I'm, I'm behind her holding the door because she's just kind of like wandering off in. Or maybe laundry. she thought it was
0: just for one well, person. Right, exactly. <laughs> but
1: she, she's like moving towards the direction of the auditorium where the concert is. So that's fine. So I'm probably, I don't know, maybe 30 feet behind her, maybe more than that, when I finally find somebody else to take over the holding the door thing. So I'm I'm behind her and I'm walking and and I'm watching and then... Um, this is one of the things we're relatively newlyweds and so it, it's not really public displays of affection but it will not be uncommon for me to put my arm around her or her to put her arm around me we, we just kind of do that so I'm about like 10 yards behind her and I'm watching her walk and all of a sudden there, there's this guy next to her and I'm yeah. watching this and she goes and she puts her arm around the, this guy or like around the guy's waist and, and then, you're
5: thinking and then
1: he puts his arm back around her and I'm thinking what's going on here? And I'm thinking, is it could because she knows everybody? Is this somebody that she knows? And then I, I'm sort of watching this and after about like five seconds, she says, oh, she says, I thought you were my husband. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm like, no, I'm back here, oh, honey, no. watching this. And,
0: I bet she felt horrible. Uh, well, not
1: horrible, but she's like, kind of, she's embarrassed. And then the guy, he was there, his wife was walking a little bit ahead of him and he says, yeah, well, I, I, I can relate to this because I was at some you know resort in Mexico or something. And I came up to this woman and I thought it was my wife and I saw started like massaging her neck oh. and it wasn't my wife oh, no. <laughs> so no. th- th- this wasn't that but you know if, if you ever so grabbed did, he, a... did
0: he put his arm around her like it was his wife
1: well sort of yeah but i mean he, he probably just, didn't even I mean, look he was well, just right like, it was, well she clearly didn't look and i'm like I'm, wait a second. No. I'm, I'm the guy that's back here so <laughs> have you ever grabbed the wrong guy in public oh
0: <laughs> gosh you know i haven't but something very similar i think when you're a kid it happens all the time you go up to a person thinking it's your mom and it's not right yeah. I, I know that happened to me several times as a kid. Hey, mom. Oh, wait, it's not mom. But yeah, no, I don't think that's happened to me as an adult. Yeah, right. Yeah, but but that's funny.
1: I was sort of funny. I was just kind of watching this whole kind of thing play out (laughs) and going, okay, I said, does she either know this person or is she mistaking him for me? (laughs) And, And I guess, I mean, uh, she just she was just like okay there's this this guy that's taller than me next to me so she just decides to put his arm around, and, and it was it was kind of charming and quaint and i said okay well that's that's a radio story you just that's melissa so will love to hear that i would story. I
3: love stories like that
1: um you know there you go what can you say all right <laughs> we're going to take a very quick break when we come back all right is this a good idea or bad idea for your kids i want to hear what you have to say stick around
0: Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner.
1: Apparently, that, that is not a unique experience. Here's a tech, Jeff. I've had strangers get into the passenger seat of my car while I'm parked. My sisters have both gotten into strangers' cars thinking it was their car. Yeah, that that, that, that happened. I, I, I might have told this story. Um, the... Here, here at WTMJ, our you know we used to share a corporate identity with the TV station. We don't do that anymore, but we still, at least for a few more months, you know, share share a building. And a lot of the the cars that they use for Channel Four, the TV station, are white SUVs. And some of them are I, there, there's a couple Hondas, uh, but and a couple others too. But but they're white SUVs. And so, um, my my wife's car is actually it, it's a white. Honda, you know, CR-V, the, the SUV. And for some reason, a few months ago, I, I I was driving that. I don't know what was, my car was in the shop or whatever. So I was driving her car. I, I left it in the parking lot. I did not lock it. I mean, I, I try to remember to lock it, but apparently I didn't lock it. And I come out, and there's a couple news people from Channel 4 who I don't recognize, um, and they're, they're they're like going through the car, and they're trying to find out where the keys are because the way it works is they, there's a certain spot that when you have these commonly used cars, they, they put the keys in a certain place, and they're kind of like going through the car, not recognizing that, hey, there's a coffee cup in there and there's stuff, not realizing that it's not a fleet car, it's it's my car. And I said, okay. <laughs> and they, they were, of course, both all very apologetic about that. But, yeah, these cars all look alike. Um, let's see. Jeff, I was at Starbucks in Hale's Corners. I spoke a sweet nothing into my wife's ear, only to realize it was not my wife waiting in line. (laughs) Yeah, that's, oops, oops. Oops, got that um whole different. Um let's see. Jeff, my son is married to a Japanese woman and if she gets ahead of him in a crowd, he can't find her. Um <laughs> he can't find her there. Um it, it's apparently in Japan. He says he can't find her because everyone over there has black hair. So it's kinda like what are, what are you gonna end up doing? In any event, it's just one of those funny stories that you have from time to time. Okay, here is the deal. There is legislation moving through the state house that is it's supported by Republicans and the business community, it is opposed by Democrats and the Wisconsin AFL-CIO. Right? That's the background on this. Here's what it has to do. It has to do with children working. Now, the way the law works now, 14 and 15 year olds are not allowed to work later than 7 p.m. from after Labor Day until May 31st. So during the, the school year, kids aren't allowed to work after 7 p.m. And um, during the summer, they are only allowed to work until 9. All right, so that's that's the deal. The bill that is moving through the legislature <clears throat> would allow employees under 16 to work until 9.30 p.m. before a school day and up to 11 p.m. when they don't have school the next day. So it would extend the hours that kids could work. Now, I, I take a particular interest in this because um, my, my nephew is 15, and he's, he's, I'm, it's I'm, actually, I'm, I'm very, very proud of him. He's, he started working and things like that. Um, matter of fact, he, he got a job and he, he works um, at, at a driving range of all things. He like drives the truck that picks up the golf balls and, you know, does, does all sorts of things like that. That job is ending because the driving range is getting ready to close down for the year. But it's always, it's always a big thing with hours. He would like to work more hours, and right now there's some pretty strict limits on those things. And, you know, he's a pretty good student and my, my brother monitors those things and he'd, he'd like to work more hours. And I think my brother would be inclined to let him work more hours, but you've got these rules. So the rules right now under 16, you can't work. Past 7 p.m. from Labor Day until May 31st, you can't work later than 9 p.m. over the summer. This bill would allow kids to work until 9.30 before a school day and until 11 o'clock when they don't have school the next day. Good idea, bad idea. 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right what what do you think about this now obviously this bill is being pushed in in part that the tourism industry would like this you know because you know you you, you look at a lot of tourist areas right now and the idea is we're, we're trying to find help and, you know, for a lot of the jobs, like the dishwashers or the busboys or, or things like that, you know, we'd we'd love to have the kids be able to, let's say, work till nine o'clock at a restaurant on a Friday night or a Saturday night. Well, right now, the rules are, no, you have to knock off at, at 7 p.m. if it's during the school year, 855-616-1620. That's the I can mortgage talk and text line. I, I'm willing to be argued out of this, but I think I think this bill makes a lot of sense. I think loosening up the rules on allowing kids to work makes, makes sense. Now, I'm not talking about sweatshops and having kids work 80 hours a week or, or things like that. But if, first of all, if it's cool with mom and dad or mom or dad and they're okay with it and there's this need, is it really, is it really that big a deal if, you know, you can work until instead of nine o'clock, instead of seven o'clock, you can work until nine thirty if, if it's not a school day? And you can work until eleven day. You can work until nine thirty before school day, and eleven o'clock on on a school night. 855-616-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text line. We need to find people if the kids want to work. And I believe me, I think it's a great thing for kids to work. If this helps the businesses. If it's okay with mom and dad, you put a little bit more money in the kid's pocket. I, I think it's a win-win situation all around. And candidly, I guess I would rather see the kids be working than, you know, at, at either out on the street looking to get in trouble or alternatively, you know, at home playing video games, eight five five six one six one six twenty. And if mom and dad don't want this, well, then mom and dad can say, no, you know, we, we, we don't, we don't think it's appropriate for you to work till 10 o'clock on, on a Friday night. If you're, you know, bussing tables at the restaurant or something like that, then you just say, no, you're not going to be able to do it. This, I think, is more parental control. And as long as the parents are involved, I think it's a reasonable accommodation. What do you think? 855 For you business owners out there, especially those of you that employ those 14 and 15 year olds to do those first jobs, some of those basic stuff, would this help out? We discuss. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line. Here's some text. Jeff, there goes Jeff again, thinking parents care about their kids in Milwaukee. Well, I think most parents care about their kids, but, yeah, that's... I guess here, here's the point. Keep in mind that homicide in Wauwatosa, the, the horrible story that we still don't have any follow up on, in part because they're juveniles, two 15 year olds, a 14 14- and a 13 year old out, you know, 1230 at night, one o'clock at night on a school night, stealing a car from the holiday and parking lot um, off of uh, Mayfair Road woman tries to intervene, tries to stop the the kids from stealing the car. What happens is they jump in the car, they drive, they hit, kill her, and then steal her car. Well, I think you can make a really strong argument that, gosh, you know, it, I, I would much rather have good kids who decide that they want to work, give them an opportunity to be, I don't know, working at a restaurant or something till 9.30 on a school night and till 11 o'clock later on than have them just running the streets. Now, I have no doubt that I, th- those kids that were involved in stealing the cars and stuff, they probably wouldn't be the ones working in the restaurant. So I'm not advocating this as a way to reduce juvenile crime. I just think that it, it's a good balance given that, you know, you got kids that want to work and given that you have employers who are looking to, you know, try to find kids um, that are there. Um eight five five six one six one six twenty. Jeff, I am a self proclaimed liberal democrat. I think it's a great idea to loosen the resu- regulations. I think it's a win for businesses, and it's a win for families. Well, that's kind of how I, I look at this as well. Nobody wants to see kids exploited. But is is this an exploitation of kids saying, All right, you're working on a Friday night at a um at, at a restaurant, for example, you know, busing tables. And right now, the, the rules say that you're not supposed to work later than 7 p.m., even if it's a Friday or Saturday night, and you don't have school the next day. I mean, is there anything wrong with saying, hey, you know, you, you can work till nine. You can work till 10 o'clock at night. Again, it, th- does that exploit the kids? No. It helps out the business owner. And I, I think some cases, the kids would say, we'd love to be able to get more hours. And the truth of the matter is, it's not going to affect the kids' schooling. I mean, a 15-year-old, you know, working till 10 o'clock on a Friday night during the school year, it's not like they're going to go home on that Friday night, and immediately say, okay, I'm going to start doing my homework for the next Monday. Jeff, I grew up on a farm. Clearly, my parents did not know about this law. Well, it doesn't apply to farm kids, but I get the point. Clearly, my parents did not know about this law. Turns out the cows didn't follow those hours either. Somehow, I managed to turn out okay. You know, it's interesting, because we're getting a lot of text from people um I think of all political persuasions. I think almost everybody thinks this is a good idea. Jeff, let them work later. Well, yeah, I think that's an element. Jeff, I think 11 p.m. is too late for a 14- or a 15-year-old. Well, I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I think a lot of 15-year-olds, they're, they're on a Friday or Saturday night, for example. I, I think they, you know, might be in the company of their friends till 9 or 10 or, or 11 o'clock. I think that's going to happen from time to time. And I guess if Again, mom and dad, if they think if mom and dad think eleven o'clock is too late for the kid to be out, then mom and dad just simply say, Okay, well you, you can't work these hours. That you gotta find a different job or you can't work at that particular place. That that's always ultimately the control of the parents. But I think for candidly a lot of parents with a fifteen year old, you'd rather know where your kid is and if the kid wants to Uh, again, work at a restaurant or work stocking shelves at the local grocery store or whatever, you'd rather have them there where you know it than maybe out looking for trouble. I think this is a good idea. Hope senators, the Republican senators push it through um, what Tony Evers does with it. You you don't know because the AFL-CIO opposes it, which means Tony Evers will probably oppose it. But I think this is something that makes a lot of sense for everybody. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to find out what John and Melissa have on their minds for Wisconsin's Afternoon News.